This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, you don't have to look far to find stories about how uh, man-made climate change is responsible for the intensity of Hurricane Ian. Just uh, duck, duck, go it, and you'll find them. H. Sterling Burnett is the managing editor of Environment and Climate News at dot heartland.org. I don't know. Heartland that. Institute. Heartland, Heartland sorry. Institute. Sorry about that. I, I, I couldn't think. Of, I'm, I'm getting old. I have I have a Heritage Foundation written down. I know that's not you guys. I had it wrong. Nope. So I threw myself off there. Sorry, uh, but I've had you on several times, and I definitely know who you are. That's why you're here. Uh, thanks for coming on again, Sterling. I appreciate it. Um, sure, glad to be here. So, uh, are you seeing the usual numbers of stories? Um, you know, blaming man-made climate change for Ian, which is the one we're dealing with now. Yeah, well, first off, I'd like to say, you know, my prayers are with the people of Florida and wherever else this Ian is going to affect. But, yeah, you're right. You know, anywhere you go, even when the scientists, you know, they interview, like uh, last night uh, or or this morning, I forget, Don Lemon interviewed the head of uh, the government agency that uh, tracks uh, weather and and, uh, hurricanes, and he said, oh, didn't climate change cause this? And the guy said, no, we can't attribute hurricane. And immediately he jumped in and says, oh, well, I'm from the region, and I know it's intensified. It's like, no, sorry. You know things by looking at data, not your feelings on the matter. First off, he wasn't from Florida. He's from Louisiana. Yeah, <laughs> Secondly, and, and how old is he? I mean, how long has he been yeah, around? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Secondly, you look at the data and the IPCC – not, I don't agree with the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change and all things. I certainly don't agree with how they fiddle with their summers with policymakers and let politicians rewrite it to not reflect the science. But when you look at the science, what they come to the conclusion is we can find no evidence hurricanes are getting more numerous or more severe uh, during this period of modest warming. That's their conclusion. And Don Lemon be damned, Uh, Al Gore be damned. The truth is the truth, and that's what the science says. They they only want to follow the science when it supports calamity. Uh, It's, it's, you know, it it harkens back to sort of uh, the Russian, the Soviet, science under the Soviets, Lysenkoism. Government tells the scientists what they're supposed to conclude. Right. Or in this case, media personalities do. Well, it makes for a better story if it's my fault that we're having a hurricane. Well, yeah, no, if it bleeds, it leads, right? The thing is, hurricanes already provide more than enough story to sell papers and to sell at time without trying to link it to climate change, which has nothing whatsoever to do with this individual hurricane. We have had, I didn't hear Don Lemon running any stories on CNN during the month of August when not a single tropical storm or hurricane formed for the first time in decades. Yeah. I didn't uh, hear him say anything about how climate change was causing no hurricanes. Well, I, I think, it, it, doesn't it work this way? That I, I, I think I've heard that they've been saying this year that 
the fact that we've had very few or, or no hurricanes uh, is because of climate change. And then when we've had more, it's because of they whichever. It's amazing how often they just pick whatever's happening now. And never, ever, especially ever since they changed it from global warming to climate change, that they can yeah. they can blame it on climate change, whichever, however they want to do it. Yeah, no, that's right. But I, I didn't hear many people blaming it on climate change. I heard them blaming it on wind shear, which they linked to climate change. So, oh, well, it's causing more wind shear. Okay, well, that's a good thing then, right? It's reducing hurricanes. So you can't say climate change is all bad. But they don't run stories about good news. They don't run stories about increasing crop yields due to CO2. They don't in, run stories about increasing lifespans due to fewer deaths from cold, which far outnumbered deaths from heat. They don't run those stories. No. Uh, if, if they really want to be balanced, you know, fair and balanced, if they want to be objective journalists, they need to present all sides. And the truth is, on, on hurricanes, on hurricanes is one issue. The IPCC is clear. No attribution to humans, no evidence of increases in numbers or intensity. Well, cbsnews.com has a story. It took me about five seconds to find it. Uh, and, and here's a quote from the story. Quote, scientists say the process of hurricanes rapidly intensifying, which apparently is what's going on with Ian. Scientists say the process of hurricanes rapidly intensifying is becoming more frequent and is connected to the impact of human-caused climate change. Now, you're a scientist. Did they call you for this one? Well, let's be fair. I'm not a scientist. I do have a Ph.D., but it's not in a hard science. Okay. But it doesn't matter. Some scientist says something. One scientist, a few scientists, they don't speak for the scientific community, and they certainly don't speak for hurricane exports. You can talk to a biologist, and he can say one thing. You can talk to a chemist. But you talk to hurricane experts when you want to talk about hurricanes, and they don't see it. Yeah. And, uh, well, who are know, these people that so, see it, though? Well, my suspicion is that they're whatever scientist that they've talked to before who says the world's coming to an end. Uh, but, you know, let's look at Ian for a second. They say, oh, it's intensifying rapidly. I first heard about Ian more than a week ago as a tropical storm. So it's taken a week to intensify. Mm -hmm. It didn't even reach Category 4 until... It was just about to make landfall. That's a pretty slow intensifying. It didn't happen overnight. It took a week to build up. That's not rapidly intensifying. Yeah, well... Uh, I mean, it intensified. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. It would be terrible at, at, at Category 3, 4. It'd be terrible at Category 1 or 2, even though that's not a major hurricane if it strikes you. But it didn't rapidly intensify. But they. The, it seems like they go from... They, when when there aren't enough hurricanes to support the argument that more hurricanes are caused are, are are a result of of climate change, and then they say, well, yeah, but maybe we don't have as many or we don't have more, but the ones we do get, they're more intense. Is that the argument they're going with now? Yeah, that's the argument they're going with now, and and you know it's it's a it's an important argument if there was any evidence for it. That's that's my only point. It's like, look, that could be the case. It could be the case that climate change was not increasing hurricane numbers, uh, but it was making them more powerful. But the data does not show it. It's a theory unsupported by any evidence. You can keep saying something again and again and again. 
I mean, look, I wish the Texas Rangers would win the World Series. And I can say, they're the World Series winners. They're yeah. the World Series winners. That doesn't make it so. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, uh, but Sterling, uh, what, what happened that made this such a popular thing for the media to do? Is it just because it makes for a good story and, and it gets people afraid and, and, and gets them to come well, to I them to find I, out about it? How did this happen? I think in part. Yeah, I think in part you have to look at who the media is. The polling shows the vast majority of the media are way left of the American public. They're radical liberals. They want bigger government because they're elite and they know best for everybody. So climate change is the next, you know, it's the big bugaboo that they can use to uh, ramp up calls for bigger government, for government controlling people's lives, for government controlling people's property. They're leftists, and leftists want these kinds of things. So that it, it, it all comes back to that. It's just like, hey, let's take this issue, and uh, just says that. Well, I guess I guess COVID was um, a really good example of them doing it, uh, and in a, in a really intense way because I yeah. mean, people's well, lives used, were really they, affected by that. They used they use COVID as the example. They say we've shown that with COVID. What we can do to fight climate change, lock people down. Mm -hmm. That's their answer. Lock them up. Don't let them fly unless you're John Kerry taking a private jet or Al Gore. Uh, don't, don't let them procreate because they would love China's population control. Mm -hmm. Don't let them eat meat because we know best. Don't let them drive cars except for uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Al Gore, and John Kerry who take armored limousines. Yeah. The, the point is... They know what's best for the paupers, and what's best for the elite are two different things. And they don't live the lifestyles they aspire to, or they, they aspire for us to, they'd like to enforce. Uh, I don't know that all of them are, are, are just pushing socialism for socialism's sake and using uh, sort of what we call watermelon. They're watermelons, green on the outside, red on the inside. I don't know that all of them are like that. Some of them may really believe the chicken little story, but it's never been wrong in the past. It's never been right in the past, I should say. And there's no evidence it's right now. So the best guess I've got as to why they're doing this is because they have an underlying motive. Well, Polls show they're liberal, and liberals like big government. Well, how much? Uh, I, I just think a lot of it's also a massive um, example or case of um, virtue signaling. Uh, I care about the planet more than you do. I am. I walk around every day really concerned about my fellow human beings and the planet I live on, and so I'm going to scold you for the things you're doing because you don't care, obviously, as much as I do about the planet. I think there's a lot of that. I think there is too, but I guess I'd ask what kind of virtue is it to signal with somebody else's money instead of your own? No, but I mean, you know, it, I don't it, mean the... It takes me back... Yeah, I, I, no, sorry. I don't. I don't mean about spending the money or or what the uh, uh, even tying it into, you know, uh, government power and and uh, and the, what leftists leftists like big government and all that. I'm just saying in general as a cultural thing, it's gotten to the point where people who know nothing about it, nothing about it except what they see on CNN, they've swallowed it and they think it's a great way. It's it because you're if you don't buy into this. You're scolded for being selfish, for being uh, a Neanderthal. You're, you're scolded for not uh, paying attention. Uh, 
because they know what's best, because they care deeply about the planet and you don't. I think a lot of it, it comes down to that because, as you keep pointing out, there's nothing, there's no actual data to back up what they say. But they well, keep like saying I, said, it. I agree with you. I agree with you. But I, I, I guess the point I was trying to make is it, it's, uh, it's light on virtue and heavy on signaling. Okay. Because they talk a good game, but then they, you know, they, they won't be inconvenienced. They don't give up their cell phones and chargers. Mm-mm. Recycling, well, maybe they do it. Maybe they do it right, but when it's inconvenient, they don't. You know, uh, it's, it's, virtue is acting on your beliefs. If you're taking private jets everywhere, you're not acting on your beliefs if you say that's killing the planet. And because you complain about other people killing the planet doesn't make you virtuous when you're not doing, when you're not acting on your beliefs. So I just think it's, it's, it's light on virtue, heavy on signaling. Well, uh, and uh, we're, we're, we're talking to uh, Sterling Burnett. He's the managing editor of Environment and Climate News at the Heartland Institute. Um, and, uh, Sterling, you, you, you wrote a piece back in June, I think it was back in June, about CNN insisting that humans are causing hurricanes. So that, that was, they were doing it even when there were no hurricanes around. They were, they were still, they were still, I guess they were preparing for hurricanes by saying that. Yeah, yeah, they were they were loading the gun. They were you know giving you a preview of things to come. Because to be fair, everyone knows that there was going to be a hurricane sometime strike America. Why do we know this? Well, we have a whole season called hurricane season for a reason. Throughout human history, and probably before there were humans on this continent, hurricanes formed and struck land on occasion. They don't always strike land, but often they do. And so they knew it was coming, so they might as well have gimmed up the stories to uh, coincide. And, and then they could say, see, we told you so. Yeah. Told you so. Yeah, I actually remember walking home from school um, up here in Pittsburgh, uh, and we were somehow getting the remnants of Hurricane Hazel here. I, I mean, I was, I was like seven years old. Hurricane Hazel, if you look it up, it was probably in the, like, 1955 or something like that. And I was a little kid when back when little kids were allowed to walk home from school. And yeah. I can remember the sheets of rain coming down the street as I ducked in and out of buildings. And that was Hurricane Hazel. And everybody was panicked then that it was the end of the world. And that's uh, Hell yeah. 70 well, years know, ago. Uh, people, I'm from Texas, and people don't realize that uh, Galveston at one time oh, was yeah. the, the most populated it was. It has the highest population in Texas. Uh, not after a hurricane hit. <laughs> no. And that that was that was over a hundred years ago, and it did, and it killed. It took more lives than all other hurricanes striking Texas combined since then. Yeah. So that brought up that brings up the next thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, obviously, that came before air conditioning. Okay. Um, yeah. And before or, or, or cars for that yeah, matter. Right. And before air conditioning. There weren't three million people, or whatever it is, living in the Tampa area, Tampa St. Pete, uh, yep. which who are all evacuated now. So, um, you know that Tampa, Tampa, Florida. I bet if you looked it up in 1925, had the had the population of probably Youngstown, Ohio. Okay, uh, and air condition changed everything. So, is it possible that it, it might not be a good idea to have three million people living in an area that get hits gets hit with? Intense hurricanes on a regular basis at the same time of year. 
Well, I, I'm not one to tell people no. where they should no. or shouldn't live. But uh, if you move to or live in an area that's prone to hurricanes, you've got it's little surprise when hurricanes then strike. It's the same thing in California. Look, California now wants to drain the Great Lakes to provide it with water after it's already stolen water from the Midwest because it, it's a desert. It was one of the least populated places on the, on the North American continent before whites got here. Uh, Indians didn't live there because there's no water. And we shipped water artificially in. Now they want us to continue to support their lifestyle. And then they complain when forest fires occur in an arid area where forest fires traditionally occurred. Yeah. When and so, look, it, it, it's, called, it's called moral hazard, moving to the nuisance. Mm-hmm. And if you move to Tampa Bay, if you're a retiree and you move to Miami, guess what? Hurricanes occur and you will be impacted sooner or later. Yeah, and and people, uh, before air conditioning, 80 years ago, 90 years ago, they, uh, I guess in the 20s, people came north in the summertime to escape Florida uh, as much as people went south to to get the sunshine. Didn't the the people there got out because of hurricanes and heat? And so, so the thing is now, you know, we've got huge infrastructure. It's not just people. We've got this huge infrastructure, right? Yeah. Used to be maybe in Tampa Bay, there were some people that lived along the coast, but a lot of it was bait shacks, maybe cheap motels, uh, a few small marinas. Uh, now they're, you know, billion-dollar uh, development there, and it's it's not easy to walk away from. What you can do, however, is harden it and improve your warning system and improve the way to, to escape when hurricanes come. But what you can't expect is hurricanes not to come. Yeah, and you can't... In the end, climate change or not, hurricanes are going to form. They're going to strike. Sometimes they'll be really powerful. And if you're living in an area prone to hurricanes, you need to be prepared. What's interesting to me is you talk about 3 million people evacuated. I wonder if they all took electric vehicles or were they... Oh, yeah. Uh, or were they contributing to climate change with their fossil fuel engines as they got out of town? Well, in 25 years or so, uh, we're all going to have electric cars, and they'll all be electric cars on the highway evacuating Tampa. I, I just looked up the the uh, population in Tampa in 1930. 101,161. Well, I don't know what the population is that's there now. That's uh, the current population for, for 1930. That's large. Yeah, it says 387,000 right now. That just must mean in the city. Uh, yeah, that's, that's city proper, not the metropolitan area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, uh, 101,000. But uh, you know, they're they're trying to. Uh, my my grandson goes to college down there, and he just started in in August, and he was there a month, and now he's back in Pittsburgh because he had to get out. <laughs> He, he I don't think he talked much about evacuation when he left here in August, but here he is. You know, yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, you know, and like I said, we we've got to pray for the people down there. We got to hope it's uh, not sort of the the most extreme worst of the predictions that they've made, as it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, putting it in perspective is acknowledging that this is the kind of thing that happens in Tampa every so often because. Hurricanes form and strike there, and it's not. There's no evidence whatsoever, no evidence whatsoever, that humans have caused or contributed to this hurricane striking there. And more important than that, and I'm finishing up here. I'm out of time, but more important than that is there's nothing we can do about it. 
to prevent them. Now, that's the most you important thing. You can't prevent them. Uh, all you can do is be prepared for when they come. And understand what the word evacuate means. Thanks, thanks, Sterling. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Take okay, care. Okay, that's Sterling Burnett, and he's managing editor of Environment and Climate News at the Heartland Institute. 